Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, uh, who is just up here and all of our pastors on staff. We're so glad that you're with us, especially if you're here with us uh, before the very first time. If you're a guest with us, we always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Here's why, as I know, when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. My hope would be that you would come back and you would find spiritual family. We are um, excited today because we get to start a brand new series uh, called The Art of Being Blessable. And um, one thing I've noticed about our new year, um, just being a pastor and noticing people and talking to them, and you know, just <clears throat> if you're a human, what we do is we, in the beginning of the year, we kind of start resolutions or goals. And some of you have a goal financially. You know, some of you want to get out of debt or you want to uh, maybe start uh, saving money or maybe you're, you know, I know some people financial goals. Well, this year they're going to start giving and being financially a giving to the church or giving to the you know to, to those who are in need and or or you have a financial goal maybe you have a physical goal in here how many of y'all know like if you're like nice to lose five or ten or fifty pounds you know some of y'all are like excited to do that um, some of us have a you um, uh, maybe a you know, a goal in their careers. You know, you maybe want to climb the ladder, uh, maybe get promoted. Maybe you want to start a business this year. I know we all have different kinds of goals and different kinds of categories. But one of the goals I know that, um, that we all have spiritually, um, and I think this is universal for most of us, that a lot of us have this same goal in mind, is that we all want to be blessed by God. I mean, no one woke up this morning and said, hey, um, you know, I would rather us not be blessed by God. Let's just, God, can you not bless me today? No one prays those prayers we all pray the prayer and the blessing of somehow is like, God, today my desire is that you would bless me. And the cool thing about Scripture, if you read the Bible or the cool thing about God, is that God desires to bless you. God has a desire that you would do well. In fact, there's a time where Jesus is talking. It's kind of a cool conversation he has with some people that he's around, and, and they are asking him about the blessings of God. And, and Jesus says something like, you know, when you, your son or daughter asks you for a loaf of bread, you don't give them a stone. You're not... You don't do that. And he says in Matthew chapter, some fascinating scripture in chapter 11, uh, chapter 7, verse 11, he says, if you then the who are evil, like you're an evil person, you're sinful, you're not God. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father who is good, who is God, who loves you and loves everyone, how much more are they going to bless someone else? Like how much more does God want to bless you who ask? And so God has a desire to bless you. Jesus even said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. The question is not, does God want to bless me? The question really is, am I blessed a Bull. Now, that might even be a word, but I put it, made it in a word because I want us to actually get the concept that there is a position that we can all put ourselves into to be blessed by God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we love you, God. Lord, I know that today you have a word to speak to us. And more than anything in this world, I pray that my words would not be heard, but your words would be heard, that the Spirit of God would reside in this place and that you would speak to us. Maybe we'd be a little different than the way we walked in. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, one of the things that I love to do uh, at my house is I cook. I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the, I call it the chef. I'm the chef in the house. And so my wife takes care of the kids in the, uh, in the morning, and then I kind of take care of things at night when I get home. And I love to cook. And we uh, order in Home Chef um, or HelloFresh or Blue Apron. We kind of do that. Where and, and if you don't know anything about those companies, what they do is you go online or their app, and you pick a certain set of meals, and they give you the, the ingredients for the meal. They give you the recipe, and you can cook them. And um, I love to do that. In fact, for Christmas, I got new pans, so I'm excited to use my new pans for Christmas. Now, when I tell you I love to cook, I love to cook. Um, but you know what I've noticed when it comes to the kitchen, it might feel the same, but they're different. Um, baking is not cooking. Amen. Cooking is not baking. <laughs> Somebody's 
passionate about that. Baking is not cooking. Cooking is not baking. They're two different things. They're both preparing food, but they're different. Baking, I'll give you an example. Baking is a science. Baking has to do, you have to follow the recipe. You can't throw more flour in if it says give three cups of flour. You don't put in four. You can't put extra baking soda, not enough baking soda. You can't add extra salt. There's not, you got to stick to the recipe. Otherwise, this thing ain't going to come out right. Like you need to have the right amount of eggs, the right amount. Something's got to expand and lift. You know, the cake's got to, how many of y'all ever made a cake that like was fine and then you took it out of the oven and then it sank like you know it's just you got to do all the things that the ingredients say because it's a science with baking a plus b equals c but with cooking no no cooking's more fun cooking is an art because cooking is not science it's an art form because what you do is you you yeah they give you a recipe but you know you can add some stuff you know you can take away something you can substitute things like there's it's fun where you can kind of get because they'll give me the recipe and they'll say hey you need to put you know this amount of salt and i'm like i like salt i'm gonna throw a little more salt up in there you know on a little spice you put a little pepper up in there you just make you can do whatever you want to make it fun and it's more of an of an art form with cooking a plus seven equals water, right? Like, it, you don't know what's going to happen because it's an art form. It's why these great TV shows, you know, bam, and, you know, Gordon Ramsay screaming at everybody, calling them donuts. It's just, you know, it's fun. That's what we do. It's art. But what I've noticed about the blessings of God is they're not a science, as much as I'd want them to be. You know, it's just God's honoring, you know. He would, it's funny, you know, you read scriptures. That's why you got to be careful you don't take scriptures out of context. you got to compare scripture with scripture. It's proper hermeneutics. It's being able to read the Bible and compare it with other parts of the Bible. And, you know, so sometimes we can read these Bibles like, like God, God's going to bless you. If you say this prayer, then God will give you this. But sometimes God doesn't give you that. Has there, have you, let me just, we'll just take a poll, just kind of like fun poll. Have you ever prayed a prayer and God didn't answer your prayer? Anybody else other than me? Raise your hand if that's true for you. Okay, awesome. All right, people, all right, the Lord sees you. He knows. But anyway, um, <laughs> You know, like God, God, sometimes you say a prayer and God doesn't answer the prayer and he makes you wonder why. And you kind of figure out like, it seems like I did everything right. And, and man, I, I pushed all the buttons spiritually. I went to church and I asked for God and I give and I serve and I do everything right. Why would this ever happen to me? And God just doesn't seem to work in the boxes that we want him to work into. And because of that, it can throw us off when it comes to his blessing. However, there's something unique about God when it comes to his blessing that if you look at the Bible, God has this... um. There's some people who lived and were blessed. They caught the character of God, the attention of God. They pleased God. And because they pleased him, blessing followed. And they had this characteristics. They had traits. They had disciplines, skills. There was things that they did. There were ways they, they, ways they lived their life. Hear me now. There was ways they lived their life that caught the attention of God and, by, and therefore were blessed by God. So really the series, honestly, for me, is looking at all the ways that you and I can please God. Because if you please God, I believe with all of my heart that, man, blessing just follows. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says we should live like that as a goal in our life is to please Him. And so today, I want to talk to you today. I'm going to give you one illustration, one example of one skill, discipline that you and I can start hopefully this year to get the goal of y'all have the goal like I have the goal. God, I want to be blessed by you. Here's a skill you and I can develop today. It's found in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to give you some context to this. This is the New Testament. Mark's a gospel, so it's a life of Jesus. And Jesus is now the most famous uh, preacher walking around. He's healed people already. He's already uh, caused the lame to walk. He's cured blind eyes. He's multiplied loaves and fishes. I mean, he's done everything that you could ever want. He's so popular. He's a huge following. He's got all the followers on Twitter, all the followers on Instagram. All the likes are coming to him. Everybody watches his reels. Everything is going on. God's doing Jesus is literally changing the world. And he walks into his hometown of Nazareth, which is not where he was born, but where he grew up. And this is what the Bible has to say about that. It says, verse 1, it says, Jesus left there and went to his own hometown. 
accompanied by his disciples, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in a synagogue, and many who heard them were amazed. And they started asking this question, but where did this man get these things? What's this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? And they started, like, isn't this the carpenter? Like, wait a minute. Like, isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they, the Bible says that they took offense to him. And Jesus responds in maybe one of the most eerie two scriptures, I think, are, are, in all of the Bible was written. You have Jesus' response and then the result of his response. In verse 4, it says, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor. Everybody say honor. honor. Except in his own hometown, among his relatives and his own home. And verse 5 says, And he could do no miracles there. Except lay hands on the, on the few the sick and, and healed them. And quite summary of, a good summary of that scripture is that um, Jesus is changing the world. And he walks into his own hometown and he can't change their world. The people who are most familiar with Jesus could not receive from him. The Bible highlights two main issues inside of the scriptures. It's number one, familiarity. Number two, offense. And just so you know, it's a side note. This isn't even my notes. Um, if you ever find yourself running up against the blessings of God, familiarity and offense typically are at the root. Like when you're not blessed in your marriage, it could be you made your marriage too familiar. You too, she's not important anymore. He's not, he's not your knight in shining armor. She's no longer your princess. She's just there. Familiarity. Or it could be offense, something is said to you, done to you, happened to you, and you have now allowed offense to creep up in your heart, plant a seed, and now you're producing after it, which really becomes bitterness. So the question you have to ask yourself then is if honor is a big deal to God, then honor is honor a big deal to me? Because in that scripture, how they valued Jesus affected what they got from him. And I want to be a person where I, if, if I'm looking to God for blessing... I play a role in that. I play a part in that because where I'm positioned and how I live my life allows God to, the freedom to bless, to bless me. Now, what, what is honor? What is honor? Because I say honor, and that's going to be our, if you're taking notes, that's kind of our, our first uh, discipline or attribute or virtue today that we're going to talk about in this series. We're going to talk about honor today. What is honor? Honor in the Greek, there's a, it, it, it's, um, it's the Greek word teme. It's, um, it means to value to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Like, that's important. Like, when you honor something, you value something. When you honor someone, you value someone. And isn't it interesting that how we see something determines how we value them? Sometimes how you see something determines even if you can value something. I'm going to show you, I'm just for example, food for thought, because, you know, I'm here in Texas. And, um, and so this is not my jersey. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I don't, I don't own this. This is not mine. This is my wife's jersey. Uh, and she likes Dak Prescott, whatever. You know, it's like, it, it's, I could throw a football. And so, um, and so she, uh, she, she loves this jersey. I mean, she loves this jersey. She wears this jersey all the time. She hangs this jersey up. She irons this jersey. She makes sure it's nice and clean, and she hides it from me because she knows if I find it in our closet, I'm throwing it in the trash where it belongs. I'm just telling you, my wife loves this thing. I don't even like holding it. Let me just put it right here. 
And she loves this jersey. And because she loves it and she sees it as valuable, she treats it as valuable. I don't treat it as I can light this thing on fire. It wouldn't bother me one instant. Because I don't see it as valuable. I see it is invaluable, and therefore I don't treat it as such. And for so many of our lives, a simple definition of honor is just, man, value what you see. It's simply the art and the act of... There you go, buddy. I can't hold it anymore. It's stressing me out. <laughs> simply the art and, and act of, of just holding something of value. And the lesson of Mark 6 really shows us the value of honor, is that it welcomes the presence and blessing of God. Now, this is a controversial message simply because no one in our culture values this anymore. You never see anybody get up there and say, hey, we should be a culture of honor. In fact, what's celebrated most is a culture of dishonor. If you want to get celebrated, uh, tear someone down. If you want to get talked about, criticize something. I mean, most news nowadays is not positive. Can we be honest? For it to be news... And to be clicked on has to have a bit of a negative bent. I mean, come on, y'all see. And because of that, we don't celebrate this thing that God highly, highly values. And we see in the scriptures that really does, man, affect whether blessing comes into our life or not. So the question, again, are you blessable? Do you live your life with honor? So maybe the best way to describe that is, telling you what honor does. I'll give you a few things, a few practical aspects of honor. Number one, honor builds people up. It builds up. Honor is a builder. Honor builds up. Dishonor tears down. Honor always has this ability to bring the best out of people. It always does. And you know, the way you do that is, um, is you speak it, you act it out, you do something. Honor always has an equal verb to it that kind of accompanies to it. It's very hard to honor something and not be vocal about it. Because honor is never silent. Honor has this ability to pull the best out of people, I've noticed. It has the ability to, uh, to, to give a person the best opportunity to be the best versions of themselves. And the funny thing is, is oftentimes you and I are stressed and our struggle comes not with the people we like, but with the people we don't like. And so I had a, uh, the other day I had a counseling session, it was a couple years ago, and this guy was talking to me about his, his boss. And he gave me a, like a laundry, like went on for an hour about how his boss is the worst ever. And I got to the end of his thing, it was like an hour long, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Gets to the end of it, and I'm like, I believe you. He sounds like he's terrible. And he goes, well, what do I do about that? I said, well, I mean, I'm, I can give you an idea. I can talk to you about it. I can give you a thought. Or I can give you what the Bible says. What would you like? And he was like, well, you're a pastor, you're a preacher, you might tell me what Tell me what God thinks. I'm like, you're not going to like it. And he goes, no, you need to tell me. I was like, no, you're not going to like it. You can't handle this. He goes, all right, Pastor. All right, I, I, okay, just tell me. Just tell me. I said, all right, look. You need to find a way to honor the guy. And he's like, you didn't hear me. And he's trying to go back over all the issues that he had. I go, dude, I, believe, I already told you I believe you. Sounds like he's pretty terrible. Would you like him to change? He's like, yes. You want him to be better? I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay, I've just never seen a situation when you have a relationship with someone where the more you dishonor them, the better they are. 
And he goes, but he doesn't deserve it. I said, that's the point. It's not about him. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, honor's always about you, about who you are, who you represent, where you come from, what values you determine. I said, you got to wake up every day determining no one else is going to have the permission to make me be something I'm, I'm not. You don't get the permission to, to make me into someone I'm not. I am who I am because of what God did for me, because I represent his blood. I don't make a decision in my life just because I think it's cool. I, do it. I make every decision in my life with wisdom and counsel and kindness and thinking about the other person. Like how is this going to affect other people? Like That's a big deal because I honor the people I'm with. If you have somebody in your life that doesn't deserve that honor and you have a relationship with them, best thing I would do, find a way to honor them. And he's like, man, I'm not sure I can do it. I said, sounds hard to me. <laughs> That's what the Bible teaches. Why? Because it builds people up. And when I choose, I've just noticed, when I choose to honor the people that deserve it the least, something, something happens. I don't know. Something happens. God gets in the middle of it. Figure something out. It's cool. It's cool. Why? Because honor builds up. Second thing honor does is... Um, Honor creates a way where there is no way oftentimes. I was thinking about this the other day. Like the reason we have a church is because I had a pastor who looked past all of the fact that I had no talent and no drive and no ability. But I got one thing right. I honored. I grew up in a church where um, it, the culture was just kind of baked into me. I don't know. I just, we did a lot of things wrong. Let me just tell you. Well, highly legalistic, highly denominational is crazy church. Mean church, not life-giving, not good. We did one thing right. I will say this. We did one thing right. We learned and we knew about honor. We knew how to honor people. We knew how to honor God. We knew how to honor church. We knew how to honor our pastors. We knew how to honor our leaders. We, knew, we just knew. We just, it was just baked into us. Honor was a big deal in our culture. We did understand that. So, so I knew how to do that. So when I got into ministry, um, I had no ability, but I could honor really good. And so my pastor would literally come up to me and say, you know the only reason why you're still here? That's a terrible way to start a conversation, by the way. <laughs> It's not one of many. This is the only reason you're here is because you just know how, look, you don't do anything right. You don't show up on time. You seem to mess up things. But let me just tell you, you at least honor me and you honor this church. And that's why you seem to be moving ahead in this ministry. That's why we have a church today. One of the things I value highly in our church and especially in our leaders is people who honor, not just honor me, but honor our leaders, honor other people, honor their ministries, honor God. Honor God with their bodies, honor God with their minds, honor God with their words, honor God with their actions. That, that's a huge deal. Why? Because I know if we honor God, we honor, we choose to live a life of honor, it blesses people. Third one is this, is um, honor, honor, honor is funny. Honor um, will actually give power to your prayer. There's a great verse in, in 1 Peter where he's speaking um, to, to kind of some people that, are, that he's teaching to, and, and, and he speaks about um, husbands and wives. But he highlights a principle of God that you and I should always keep in mind when we're dealing with people. So he says this, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Dwell with them with understanding, give, giving honor. Everybody say honor. Honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. He goes, the reason you honor people is so that your prayers aren't hindered in any way. And here's the principle behind it. You cannot ask God for something when you don't treat the things that he loved the most with honor. Yeah, I'll give an example. 
how many of y'all are married in here? Raise your hand if you're married. Okay, y'all, you're married. All right, y'all up in here. All right, y'all have a wife. Y'all have a husband. Y'all, okay, all right, y'all married. Let's just say, for instance, I walked up to you and I said, you know what? I love you. You're amazing. You're powerful. I'm for you. I'm with you. Whatever you need. I think you're amazing. But your wife is crazy and I hate her. Keep her away from me as much as you can. Cannot stand her. Keep her away from me. Can't do it. She's the worst. The worst. Like, how would that make you feel? Would you, would you even believe that I liked you? Would you believe that I valued our friendship, our relationship? No. What if someone came up to you and said, for those of you who had kids, what if someone walked up to you and said, I love you, man, I'm for you, whatever you need from me, I'm behind you, I give my life to you, you are somebody, but your kids are the worst, I hate them, I can't stand them, They're, keep them away from me, they're terrible. How would you feel? You'd be like, well, man, get, get away from me, man. You, don't, you, can't, you can't say you love me and hate my kids. Jesus and God is the same way. You can't say you love God and treat his kids like trash and assume God's not going to be okay. Oh, yeah, well, it's no big deal. I mean, yeah, sure, go ahead and talk about those people over there and treat that person terribly. No worries. I'll still bless you. It doesn't work like that. And so we, we have to get good at understanding honor for ourselves because it can hinder our prayers. Now, what should we, who should we honor? Who should we honor? Just as we wrap up this time together. Who should we honor? So we'll give you some practicals on how to honor, what honor is. Who should we honor? Number one, Bible talks about some people, there's categories of people that are important that I think we need to highly, highly honor. Number one is our parents. Ephesians chapter 6 mentions this from Paul, the apostle, who's obviously referencing Exodus and the, the Ten Commandments. The only commandment with promise. It says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's like, come on, man. If you want a promise in your life to live a long life, just honor your parents. So if you're a kid in here, you need to honor your parents. The reason you call them mom and dad and you say, yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, the reason you say those things is not because they need it. They don't need it. They're not confused on who they are. Parents, are you confused on whether or not you're their parents? No, I know, I know exactly that I'm your parent. I know exactly how much money it takes to take care of you. I know how much stress it takes for me to actually not to sleep at night. I, I'm, I'm the one who had to wake up and keep you alive until now you can eat and drink on by yourself. I'm the one who had to stay up all night while you screaming and crying and yelling and all that kind of stuff. I'm the one who has to get up and drag you to school. I'm the one who has to put you to bed every night. And every night you forget that we have to put on our pajamas. And every night you have to forget that we go to bed at 8 o'clock. And every night we have to have the same conversation. I'm the one. I'm not confused on who I am, but you... You need to know it. You need to know that I'm Papa. You need to know that she's your mother. You need to know that you have respect. You need to say, yes, sir, not for me. I don't need it. I'm not confused. I don't need my ego to be bolstered up by you saying, yes, sir. You need it. You live with honor. You honor me so that you can have a long life. Adults, you should honor your parents. And for some of you, you your relationship with your parent is strained. And I respect that. Some things happen. Situations happen. But I'll tell you the same thing I told the guy about the boss. You better find a way to honor them. Doesn't mean they're right. Doesn't make you wrong. They might not deserve it. But thank God honor has nothing to do with them. 
I, I will say it's telling when you honor people who you don't need anything from anymore. You know, when you're a kid, you honor your parents partly because, well, they give you food. <laughs> Come on, y'all remember when you were a kid? And when you were good, mom gave you that extra piece of candy. Come on, how many of y'all were just good sometimes because you thought you might get some extra? Come on, a little extra fry, a little bit of extra ice cream. Come on, anybody ever do that? Yeah. When you're an adult, you don't need your parents anymore, especially in the capacity that they used to. And, and, and when you honor them still like you need them, come on, that's where blessing is. I'm just telling you. If you don't want to get blessed this year and don't want to catch the attention of God, none of this stuff's going to help you. But biblically, we should honor our parents. Number two, those in authority. You need to go back and read 1 Peter chapter 2. What's interesting about the Bible talks a lot about honoring your people in authority, especially people who are in um, government authority. No one's going to amen this part. First <laughs> Peter chapter 2 says, Submit yourselves um, for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor or the supreme authority, or to the governors, or sent to him but punish those who do wrong with those who do right. Uh, uh, for it is God's will that, this is so good, y'all should, somebody should get this as a tattoo. This is good. For it is God's will that by doing good, everybody say doing good, Amen. that you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. You want to shut somebody up who talks just trash? Just has, fre- I call it fresh mouth. Yeah, you just got fresh mouth. Just zip it. Just zip it. I'm tired of your mouth. You ever, you ever want to just shut them up? Do good. Do good. Live as free people, but do not use his freedom as cover up for evil. Live as God's slave. As I love, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. So you, you, if you're a Christian and you follow Christ, I mean, there's a difference between a, being a theist, I believe in God, being a biblicist, I believe in the Bible, but we follow, we follow the ways of, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I follow a man who lived 2,000 years ago, died, rose again from my sin. I follow his ways. And because of that, I honor authority like he honored authority. That he taught us to honor authority. You can't get away from it as a Christian. So that authority could look like maybe a boss in your office. A coach on your sports team, a teacher in your class, a person in public office. And can we stop as a Christian group using God as a way to dishonor those who are in authority? Because I hear it every four years. Oh, well, as long as the right party's in office, then I can honor the office. No. Peter didn't qualify any of his commandments to people. That if you're a Christian, we honor those who are in authority. Period. Period. Oh, I I know. I know. I, I know. If they would just vote the right way and lead the right way and do the right thing. And as soon as the right animal representative is in the office, if it's a, uh, I'm good with it if it's an elephant, or I'm, no, I'm good with it if it's a donkey. No, as long as the right person's in office, then I can honor him. That's not what it says. And you can't claim to be a Christian and follow Jesus by dishonoring the very people who are in authority in your life. It just doesn't work like that. So can we get away from that? 
Can we move on to actually being a fully devoted follower of Christ and not of your prescribed political party? Because last time I checked, the human heart isn't changed by laws. The human heart is changed by God. This is a big one. I see it too much. It's embarrassing. I'll see people post something. God can do anything. He's amazing. God loves Jesus. God loves everybody. He loves all men. He died for everyone. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. I'm t- gee, God's big. He's bigger than any situation. He can do anything. He's in control. And the very next post behind it, man, this guy in political office is killing me. We need to get him out. Let's protest. Let's get this thing. I hate the world. The world's coming to an end. America's going down. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's like Christian whiplash. I'm like, what the heck just happened? It seems like two different people. You either believe God or you don't. I, I just, I'm concerned, concerned. The last 18 months, 20 months of our world of people online, Christians especially, on the totality of things, embarrassing. You represent you in your mind, you think. No, you don't. You call yourself a Christian? We represent Jesus and what he believes. And we honor those who are in authority. Which, by the way, if you ever um, want to be in authority, if you ever want to be a leader, you got to learn how to serve. You better be comfortable in serving. It'll be really uncomfortable in leading. It's the truth. I'll get off of that because, you know, nobody likes it. Number three, <laughs> spiritual leaders. We honor our spiritual leaders. First Timothy chapter 5 says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church, well, worth double, well worthy of double honor, especially those who work, uh, whose work is in preaching and teaching. Now, I know, I, I know people are like, well, of course, Pastor, you're going to preach on this because it's about you. <laughs> of course, you're going to say it. Next, I don't need to hear that. But, but just re- for a minute, just humor me for a minute, remove me out of it. It didn't just say the senior pastor of the church. It said the elders of the church, the affairs of the church. So what are your leaders? Who are your elders? I mean, your group leaders or maybe your, your, your team leaders or you know, maybe somebody, one of our, some of our pastors on staff, some of our leaders. I mean, the ability for us to honor those in church, I'm telling you, it only helps you because, by the way, there's so many scriptures about honoring those who are elders in the church and leaders in the church who guard your spiritual soul and help care for your spiritual soul. You want to know why? Go back to the original reason why I told you. When you honor people, especially leaders in your life, it only helps them be the best version of themselves so that they can lead you properly. So I always tell somebody, like, the only reason, like, I'm not, I'm not concerned with honor, so where, like, I stay up at night and go, like, I wonder if they honor me. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not insecure about that. But you, you, you should wonder if you honor the leaders in your life. You should be worried about that. You should, does, does, do, do they feel honor? Because remember, honor's never silent, so do they feel it? Do they see it? Do they know it? Have I honored them? Have I positioned them? Have I postured them? Because I want them to know. I, you know, I call my pastors regularly. I have, I have pastors. I think every senior pastor should have a pastor. And I have one. I have two. I need more than one. I have issues. <laughs> I call them regularly. And you know what I say to them? I call them for nothing and no reason at all. One time my pastor goes like, why don't you, you know, are you, like, why, why do you call me? You know, why do you say that? Why do you, why do you like, I don't, did I say something? And I'm like, no. I said, I just want you to know, Pastor. And he's, he's, he's like, man, that's good. He goes, man, that's, that's awesome. I said, I want you to know, um, no one's going to speak to you on my behalf about how I feel about you. 
And you need to know, um, when you don't say something about someone that you feel that you value, don't assume that they know it. And don't assume that the enemy's not speaking the exact opposite to them on your behalf. So I told him, I said, I'm never going to let Satan talk about me, about my pastor, to you, about how I feel about you. You're going to know. You're never going to wonder how I feel about you. You're never going to wonder if I honor you. You're never going to wonder. Why? Because I believe that we should honor our spiritual leaders. And anytime you honor your spiritual leaders, again, it helps them become the best version of themselves. Last one is this, and we're done. I'm closing. Let me play the, the pretty music. Number four. All people, we should honor all people. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdoing one another and showing honor. Um, one of the things that we, we, I like to say around here is we honor, we honor up. Ever say honor up. honor up? Honor down. Honor all around. Say it again. Honor up. Honor down. Honor all around. So it means that we, we live a life where we honor up. Yes, we honor our authorities and people above us. Which, by the way, the reason you honor me is not because I'm great. I'm not. You honor me because you're here to serve the house of God. You serve Jesus. You don't serve me. You serve God. You're here to help me. And by that, you honor me. So you honor me by placing me in the position of pastor in your life, which by the way, I'm not everybody's pastor. I'm most everybody's communicator and preacher and joke teller. But how I really know if I'm your pastor is if our wills cross and then we see what happens. Submission starts where agreement ends. We're going to disagree on something. Let's see who, who we follow. Who do you follow? Am I your pastor or am I not your pastor? That's how I know if I'm your pastor. But I think what's interesting about honor is you don't only honor your leaders, you honor the people that you serve. Which, by the way, if they're below you, they don't serve you, you serve them. So you're, do I serve, do I honor those who I serve? Do I honor those who are below me? And then do I honor, I honor all around? Do I honor my peers and those who are co-laboring with me in Christ? At my level of maybe spiritual authority or, or level of, of, of life, and am I honoring the people that are with me in this life together? And I want to honor because I want to honor up and I want to honor down. I want to honor around because the Bible tells me that I have to try to outdo each other with honor. That I got to live like that. And when I learn, when I learn to treat people like they're all made in the image and likeness of God and that we're all people for whom Christ died, I can learn to honor them because he loves them. And if he loved them enough to die for them, I can love them enough to live with them. Treat them right. So the question you have to ask yourself today is this question. Like, what if, what, let me ask, what if just the Christians would live a life with honor right now? Would recapture this virtue of honor? What would you think life would be like? What do you think online world would be like? What do you think our churches would be like? Our schools, our families? I think they'd be different. And I know, I know, I know God has a plan for those who honor him. And I know when, when, when we honor, we please God. When we please God, it produces blessing. And I know that this year, we all want blessing. So let's live. Let's commit. Come on. Can we commit to being a people of honor in this church, in this family? Can we do that? In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, that you are, are here and and you're, and you're serving us, and you're worshiping with us here. And uh, The Bible says you even pray for us. I love that. Like You pray for us, and, and you, you, you're with us in this life. We're not alone. I know that, God, you desire to bless us, and I pray that every day we would take a step towards being, being blessable by you.